Welcome to this Farm Advisory Service podcast. I'm Chloe McCulloch and I'm here today talking about farming in the cloud to two people for whom the cloud is perhaps a second home. David Oliver from Zero Accounting Software and James Higgy from Figured, an online programme specifically designed to help farmers manage the business finances. Hi, my name's James Higgy. Um, I work with a company called Figured. Uh, we are the Agri add-on to Zero. Um, operating here in the UK, uh, originally from New Zealand, both myself and Figured, uh, and we support uh, companies like the likes of SAC and working with their farming clients. My name is David Oliver. Um, I work for Zero, which is an accounting software in the UK. Um, I'm based in Edinburgh and cover the whole of Scotland and Northern Ireland, working with accountants and the likes of the SEC and, and helping them support their, their clients um, with a, a move to cloud, I suppose, and, and understanding the finances of their businesses. Obviously, both your organisations operate solely in the cloud. It sounds really ethereal, um, but presumably things aren't just floating about around us. Can you explain to farmers a little bit about what the cloud is and, and how that works? Yeah, and so, so the cloud really is, it only became a thing because of the internet, I suppose. Um, and, and basically what that means is that you're using a service that, that isn't hosted locally on your own computer. So you can use software or, or a service of some sort where there will be a remote server that holds the data, but you access it through the internet. And that's effectively what the cloud is. So a lot of people might not realise what they're using it all the time. Like if you've got an email account, that is on the cloud. Yes, the, as close to layman's terms as you can put it, really. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one in, in farming, and this is a conversation I've been having for a number of years now. What is the cloud? It really is a, a big uh, warehouse full of servers with big fences around it, set in the middle of a desert with um, security, where figured in zero in the NHS, whether that's good or not. Um, everything, all those information is, is stored on there. So the same as Facebook or internet banking. Yeah. Um, it just means you can access that information that was once on a CD-ROM. And it seems to be a really rapidly growing area. Why Why do yeah. you think that is? Why is it taking off so much? Just as technology progresses, which you know is only speeding up, um, the bandwidth that's available, um, the, I guess even the infrastructure, it's becoming cheaper to put that together, so that becomes cheaper. You can offer more services, you can do more with it. Um, just the same as, I suppose, in manufacturing years ago, as they sort of refined how the manufacturing process worked, then you could have a bigger factory that could put out more. It's effectively the same thing as, as technology grows. Um, it's going to allow a lot, a lot more, um, I guess, services to, to be provided going forwards. Yeah, from 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 what I've seen over, over the last few years, and I think in particular for farming, is what the clouds allowed is that for software that was maybe once the domain of large organisations. So if you think about your oracles and the equivalents, you can now get a similar type of product, but on per farm or per farm or yeah. individual farm, individual business. It's like a gym membership. Yeah. Um. You know, you you pay for it or you use it. Um yourself rather than having to go there cumbersome and you know large software you know big purchasing power i guess one of the advantages of cloud-based programs is that it is very easy to build a package of things for a particular business yeah they do seem to connect together mm -hmm. very readily could you 
tell us a little bit about how that works in general terms, David, the API? Yeah, so, so API is basically just how one piece of software talks to another. Um, and so as long as you do get different languages in terms of computer coding, so that it's just that they can use an API to sort of talk to each other and integrate. Uh, and that's what we do massively is, is we understand that Zero has quite a specific sort of, I guess, capability. And so in order to be able to make it more diverse, we have a strong API that allows other companies like Figured or our app ecosystem of over 800 apps now be able to tap into Zero and offer, uh, I guess, a bit more niche service to businesses like the, the farming industry or manufacturing industry. It means that uh, someone in an industry that maybe wouldn't normally be able to use Zero actually because of our ecosystem, they can. They can build out a bit of a, what we call an app stack. So they would have um, their cloud accounting software plus something that's a software specific to the kind of industry that they're in. Um, and then maybe if they're selling something online, then they'll, they'll tie in their website to that as well and just have a stack of, of things that all talk to each other and make their admin or back office much more efficient and easier to manage. And it allows them to spend more time in the business or more time with family and scale up their business easy, more easily as well. And these are these will be everything from tools which help people manage residential properties to yep. tools that might be used in the manufacturing sector. Absolutely. So, so, so the, the, the core programme does the core things and then you yeah. add on the things around the edges of that to do yeah. very specific industry specific exactly, things yeah. now James you represent a company who have built a programme which which bolts onto another yes would this have been possible before the cloud <coughs> it's what for what we do it wouldn't have been they, they probably would have been uh, a tool like figured or they, they probably are around the market but we wouldn't be able to be as dynamic as we are now and we might have just been for the large uh, the larger farms or the larger estates so without the cloud um, we wouldn't be able to deliver like we do for farms. Uh, the technology really is allowed. So as an example there, Chloe, for, for Figured or for Xero, for any other company that's in the cloud, so same as Facebook, everything just updates as a matter of course. It's not having to go and get the latest new, the latest version and, and, and upload it on your computer. Yeah. Um, the next time you log in, you know, with your permissions, it's changed or it's adapted. And I think what the cloud's allowed to do um, and this is in our experience in, in, in a few different uh, in a few different markets now is has probably brought farming in line with a lot of probably commercial businesses. Yeah. Um, I think farming was maybe a little bit underserved in that in that mm -hmm. respect, maybe with some uh, misconceptions around the industry around um, embracing technology. But the cloud's really allowed for farmers to have the same access to that up to date software that other businesses around the world get. Yeah. Without having overkill, I mean the days of the days of having software and not using ninety percent of what it yeah. does should be over because yeah, you can absolutely. build your package. A absolutely, it's so um, so malleable now. Mm -hmm. um, you you use you know you use what you use. If you don't use it, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to pay for it, or you don't have to yeah. um, let it bog you down. Um, the big one, and, and sort of to David's point um, on zero there before, a business like ours. We couldn't grow or serve clients as quickly as we could if there wasn't a company like Zero who do a lot of heavy lifting. Um, and they sort of really led the cloud journey. I mean, we sort of got on their coattails early days and we've just made it for more, I guess, aggregated it up. And what other advantages do you think there are of, for the business 
um, of being in the cloud, you know, for the farm business who's using this product. It, it allows them to actually, well, I was in the Outer Hebrides as an example um, last year and um, there's a lot of obviously rural businesses, a lot of agricultural businesses as well, but, but remote businesses. And, and the change that it made for them was that as opposed to when they're dealing with their advisors, for example, they would normally have to either use the post to send literal paperwork back and forth between each other to update their accounts and understand what their finances look like. Oftentimes dealing with that maybe six to nine months after the year end and so actually talking about something that happened 18 months ago and the change now is that they have bank feeds coming into their cloud software they're able to actually just pick up the phone and be logged into their accounting software at the same time as their advisor and talking about what's happened over the past week so it makes it much easier for the advisor to pick up on what's going on in the business it's much easier for the business owner to understand what's happening with their finances and understand their position at any given time and it means that also they're not having to take the time to leave the business in order to physically go and see their advisor with all that paperwork and go through that paperwork together or drop the paperwork off, wait for two weeks while the advisor goes through it all and then go back for an appointment for three hours to talk through what's in there. They can just pick up the phone at any given time and have a chat about what's going on in the business. Everybody, with permission, yeah. the, the people that you want can, can also be seeing the information yeah. at the same time. Yeah, and that permission part is important as well. It's only people that you give permission to that gets to see that data. It's not just anybody has access. You control who gets to see it. And there'll be practical benefits, um, day-to-day benefits as well, presumably, around... Yeah not having to install a product on your computer, yeah. not having to always use the same computer. Yeah, absolutely. And you can do it on the go. You can be sat in your tractor, for example, you know, updating invoices or doing a bit of a bank reconciliation or looking at something that doesn't quite look right on the app and phoning an advisor or, or someone else to sort of say, uh, I'm not quite sure what to do with this. Can you help me? As opposed to being on the farm all day, getting in at night absolutely shattered having a quick bite to eat and then thinking I've got all my admin to do and what does all that mean and, and trying to get the computer loaded up you know all that's gone and that's now just you time with the family so yeah yeah I think <clears throat> completely Deb's point um, it really the prerogative really sits with the farmer or the user in terms of who views that information the interesting one for, for us and th- this is the point of the cloud and the cloud can be a bit of a uh, red herring at times, and that it really just means that everything's online. Um, it's actually taking the risk away. I mean, all it takes is your, I don't know, a, a flood in the farm office or, uh, you know, something the kids to get into the paper, and, and it's just a single copy. I mean, again, bringing that in line for you if you're sort of at any other business, yeah. um, that's really hard to, to run run a business that way. Um, so it's just removing a lot of that risk. And it's the idea that you don't have to sit in the farm office, you know, for yeah. three hours on a Sunday afternoon or dread that three hours it's going to be in the farm office on a Sunday afternoon and then nervously speak to your accountant or bank manager on the Monday. Um, the idea that you can be, if you like me, sitting in the car in the car park where someone goes into the shops, you can have a look through on the go. So it just makes the business far more, you make proactive decisions rather than constantly trying to play catch up a little bit. Mm. But yeah, it just brings so much more power into sort of yeah. just everyday farming businesses. Yeah. 
And it's interesting you mentioned banking as well, because it makes a huge difference when when I was in banking, um, we had a separate team that looked after agricultural businesses because mm-hmm. they're so complex. And those guys had to have a real understanding of how agriculture works and how all of those businesses work. But if you've got your accounts and everything being built online and your finances are being updated on like a daily or weekly basis for you, that conversation with the bank manager when it comes time to either review the lending that you've got or maybe it's a bit obviously seasonal with farming, do you need to sort of look at having a new lending facility? That conversation becomes so much easier with the bank at that time and you can give the bank manager access to your accounts. So again, you don't need to go into the branch to see them and again spend, what, three, four hours talking to them and then go and find your last three years financial accounts to then provide all that information to get the lending. You just give them access to your your cloud accounting software and have that conversation with them um, much quicker and much easier. Absolutely. And the interesting one there is, and the overriding thing in my mind of all this is you've got the option of giving people access. Mm. Um, So if if you think it might be, you know, more and more uncertainty, um, making those decisions, having up to that information is, you know, absolutely crucial, I think, to run a business, uh, whether it's a farming business or any kind of bu- any other kind of business. Um, so you've got the optionality of sharing that information yeah. if you wish. Um, and how much of it to share yeah. as well. And again, that, again, that prerogative yeah. completely sits with you as the user. You know, you determine it might be that you're still sharing the same information you're sharing now, um, but it's a slightly different format, or it might be something that you're just keeping on, on farm, but you can exit it from phone or your laptop or some farmers listening might be a little weary perhaps letting somebody into their accounting system because they're you know it hasn't been Mm -hmm. past their accountant yet Mm -hmm. you know they'll maybe see it as still something that's in draft but making tax digital is going to start changing that so that what's in your accounting system will have to be kept up to date and there shouldn't be a big difference between what your you know, someone that you, you give access, like your bank manager, to have a look at something. There shouldn't be a big difference between what they yeah. see that day and what they actually see when the year-end accounts are produced. Yeah, absolutely. And I think making tax digital shouldn't really be this scary thing, to be honest. I mean, cloud has been around for 10, 11, 12 years now. And, and that's given you the opportunity to move your finances online and move your the building of your accounts, I suppose, online for a long time. So making tax digital, for, for a lot of people that adopted that early, it isn't even a thing really. All they had to do was say, well, that's okay. My cloud software is going to deal with that for me. And all I need to do is click the button to hit submit when that you know quarterly VAT return, for example, comes around. And when that moves towards personal tax, corporation tax, again, that should be the case. So for those that haven't made the leap yet and, and moved to cloud for it, MTD for VAT's a bit of a headache, but by the time personal tax comes around or corporation tax comes around, it's not going to be a headache because it's up to your software provider to sort that for you. But also, again, means that you're moving to more of a time where, at any given time, you can just have a look at where your business sits financially. It's going to be so much better for everyone. It's a bit of a headache now for those that haven't adopted it already, but the long-term view of it is that it's going to be a lot better for everyone involved. Yeah, and, and and what that will mean in, in practice for farmers is basically HMRC want your books to go onto yeah. the cloud and they want your books to stand scrutiny on at least yeah. a quarterly basis. Yeah. Uh, initially, they're going to, and it's already started, um, businesses over the, the VAT threshold 
have to submit their VAT returns yeah. digitally through the cloud. And um, the the end point or the goal for HMRC is a point where instead of your tax return being an annual event yeah. that you do once a year using quite historic information, yeah. your tax return essentially goes in as five little chunks, yeah. quarterly chunks throughout yeah. the year, and then what they call the fifth quarter at the end, which will we'll, we'll do the tidy up. So yeah. the, the, the direction of travel is that your books will have to become far more up-to-date, yeah. um, maintained yeah. up-to-date. And it'll change the way that you sort of interact with your accountant as well, as opposed to that being maybe a once-a-year thing or a quarterly thing. That'll move to being spread throughout the year because you're probably going to want to, one, understand how to use the software and, and accountants are best placed probably to help you with that. But you'll, you'll have a lot more touch points with them throughout the year, which will actually make both of your lives easier. It'll mean that you will be more open to getting some advice from your accountants on what's going on with your books. Um, but having that in year as opposed to, oh, 12 months ago, if you'd done this slightly differently, you could have saved yourself a bit of tax here. So I think it's going to benefit everybody, really. And the cloud becomes really key there because to be able to upload copies of paperwork onto yeah. the cloud rather than having to start delivering stuff into your accountant yeah. every yeah. quarter, yeah. Um, the, 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 it will really sing if everything is in the cloud. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Try and save, save the trees. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have the paper anymore. Just put it all in digital. Exactly right. I think um, uh, HMRC, the, the way they've gone about this, and I think... A lot of the heavy lifting will sit with the advisor, so the accountant or farm consultant. Is the farm you shouldn't have to do too much more than what you're currently doing, but get more insights um, from a figured or from I guess any program that or any, any business that sort of looks towards forecasting and future planning. It just means that again it comes out of that proactive decision making. If you're not end of the year retrospectively looking at the last twelve months, which is interesting, but you can't really act on that, yeah, and which is really difficult in a changing environment. So. Everything's up to date. You can sort of plan for the next twelve months as yeah. opposed to look back at what might have been. Yeah. Um, and I guess tools like zero and everything else that comes along with MTD sort of allows yeah. allows you to do that. And that's the cool thing about using tools like Figured as well is that once you've got your sort of accounts and everything up to date as much as possible, and you're running them, you know, as up to date as they can possibly be, you no longer need to sort of worry about what happened in the past. And it's more about planning for the future now, which obviously with things like Brexit happening and, and all the changes that we've got coming up, I mean, these are going to have huge implications for the farming industry and being able to sort of play out scenarios of what if this happens? What if I don't get that subsidy anymore? What if I have a, a poor crop coming up, you know, because the weather is changing massively? Then it lets you start planning for all of that in advance. You can start planning for that two years in advance if you want to, all because you're using cloud software, you've got everything as up-to-date as it can possibly be, so you don't need to start having conversations that are historical and you can start planning for the future more. So there are clearly some big upsides to working in the cloud and historically we might have had information saved on the farm computer and that had to be delivered into the accountant or perhaps something was taken in a backup disk or and, and, yeah. and that could be a real headache. Um, but equally, there was no risk of anybody intercepting the information. Well, un unless they intercepted the post or, yeah, yeah. or hijacked you on the way. Or, or, or yeah. hijacked you on the way to the accountant. Um, is the cloud safe in that way? Yeah, it is. Um, so, so from a from the, the best way I, I think about the cloud is the cloud's as safe as any other big business globally that's using that. So 
I think you'd be surprised if you went through and actually looked where you've got your information, emails and yeah. everything else. They're all stored in the same place. Yeah. Um, end of the day, the, 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 the key to safety is um, comes down to how strong your password is yeah. and how you manage your passwords and do you set up two-factor authentication. Yeah. Um, that's crucial. Um, yeah. So as, as I'm sure the, the party line of everything, you know, don't give out your passwords, make sure yeah. it's all kept within yourself um, and make sure you're controlling um, Yeah. That information, yeah. but and don't use a password that's like obvious. Yeah. Um. And and people seem to think that if if they do like uh random numbers and some letters and things that that's more secure. Actually, what's more secure is using, like a passphrase. So two or three words that are not necessarily normally connected to each other. That's the the most secure way of of having a, a password. And the longer the better because yeah. it means that algorithms can't sort of identify what it would be. Whereas actually weirdly just random numbers and letters algorithms can figure those out so having a long just random words will be better for you um, and always having the the multi-factor authentication yeah. where you can definitely that's the best way to protect yourself can you tell us david a little bit about that your your product has a couple of safety features which will be pretty typical of modern cloud-based mm-hmm. software um, can you tell us about these yeah, so we, we've got multi-factor authentication on, on Zero, so I would always have that set up. You can actually monitor the activity on Zero as well, so you can see who's logging in when, which if you're using something local, you don't know if someone's come in and logged onto your computer, or if you've left your computer logged in and someone else has just decided to go and have a look, you don't know that that's happened. So yeah, you can monitor the activity, even if it's showing that it was you that logged in, but you know you weren't, then you know something's gone wrong and you need to change your password, for example. We've actually got a page on cloud security to help people. It's just a generic, how can you keep yourself secure online? Um, so if you just if, if any farmer's listening, just Google um, Zero Security Guide, then they can find that page and, and it goes on about the multi-factor authentication, how to have a strong password um, and just generally keeping yourself as, as secure as you can online, phishing emails, for example, that sort of thing. So, so the two-factor authentication, basically where you set up a code or something that you get through an app on your phone yep. so that when you log into yep. the service, you, you need to not only have the username and password to yeah. be able to log in, but you have to have the phone with the app exactly. installed in yeah. your possession as well. Yeah. And that adds, that's, that's the extra... Security extra, layer, yeah. Extra layer. Yeah. And what if um, you're logging in from somewhere different? How does the, the program... It can flag it up for you, so it, it can let you know that oh, um, that phone, for example, hasn't been used to log in before. If it's not you, then um, you know, you'll want to take action. If it is, you just ignore that message. And you'll get that from, that's not just ourselves, a lot of online-based services have that sort of service where it says... We don't normally see that computer, for example, that IP address logging in. I think, yeah, exactly the same page as, as what David said there. I think what he's outlined these days is sort of part of the course in terms of what's expected, yeah. security measures. If you're unsure, I'd definitely ask the question of your provider if you're unsure about yeah. those or whether you know how to access them at the moment. And how much is driven by the market and people are expecting a level of security and how much do you think is driven by regulation? I'm not sure that there is much in terms of regulation to be honest. I think it's more just that everybody wants their data to be secure and if if we're not keeping it secure then we're not really going to last in the market very long. So it, it's on us to make sure that that data is secure. I suppose you, you've got your GDPR 
Um, so things need to be kept safe from, from that perspective. But it's, it's more about giving people that peace of mind that if they're going to use your service, the data that they're putting in there is, is going to be safe and secure. Even without, without GDPR, we would still be looking to keep that data as secure as it can possibly be. A really interesting way for, for me to look at this and, and for us to look at this is it's all around trust, right? So Figured or um, any other business that works with Zero or the equivalent, I mean, you know, our service and the way we operate in the market is driven by trust. Yeah. So the expectation that we keep your information safe to the absolute best of our abilities and, and based on the infrastructure to point, uh, I really, really encourage you to... to the passport thing, password thing can seem a little bit cumbersome sometimes um, but it's really really good to have a good hard look at that yeah because at the end of the day that is the sort of the first line of defense so re- regulation or not I think businesses like these or like so figured in zero ourselves um, we've always got to be a step ahead of that anyway yeah. because government probably catches up a lot of the time yeah yeah and I guess there's a chain at which there will be various points where there are vulnerabilities mm-hmm. you guys and companies like yours will have specialist people sitting in a room somewhere making sure that you're not the vulnerability yeah. but typically farmers don't have yeah. that they are you know a, a significant um, risk in yep. the system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes exactly right so um, any tool that's in the cloud so again internet banking or facebook whatever it is it sits there looks like a web page there's actually hundreds and hundreds of people sitting behind that web page maintaining everything yeah. um, identifying that the, the, the weak link, and similar to David's point before, around audit trail, so everything mm. we run through is an audit trail too. So there's people sitting behind the scenes making sure yeah. that that's all the point. Typically, if there's a, um, a weak link or a, um, an opening in the server, it tends to be sort of an in-person yeah. perspective, like you leave your phone logged in on yeah. the coffee cafe table or something. Yeah. Rather than... I suppose the, the, a good example of that is when you go on holiday and you don't tell your bank these days like yeah. before all this came in you could go on holiday wherever you wanted use your card wherever you wanted and there were never any issues nowadays if you don't tell the bank that you're going away somewhere and you try and pay for something <laughs> in a different country you'll generally find that your card doesn't work anymore and then you've got to phone the bank and tell them yeah it was me I forgot to tell you I was going on holiday and that just lets you see what's going on behind the scenes making sure that everything's safe and secure and, and I guess and following on that on the subject of holidays you know, you can be doing your zero accounts yeah. or your figured budget or going on your emails. You can be doing it from the beach. It's yeah, global. And this is a positive. It's a positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a positive. <laughs> don't don't do that too much. No, no, no. Yeah, on rainy days. Do you think that particularly farmers understand enough about digital security generally? I would I would expect that farmers across the world have have similar challenges in getting their heads around this, but. James as a, as a native yeah. of New Zealand, how yeah. do we compare? Um, I think globally it's the same conversations, Chloe. So we, we operate in, in sort of all the um, English-speaking farming markets around the world. It's the same conversation. I, I do think there's a lot of jargon thrown around and that sometimes in, in farming you sort of, it's very tempting to wash your hands of that sometimes because it just seems like mumbo-jumbo. But at, at the end of the day, it is important to take it seriously um, I think you'll find in pretty much every single facet of your life, everything will be going to the cloud. So it's, it's important to sort of get this right, particularly of something you understand. So if you're farming and you understand what the numbers should look like and what a bit of farm software or anything else should look like, it's quite an easy place to start around taking digital security because you'll find at some point that everything else that you interact in your life will become online. So if it's something you've got a bit of a feel about, 
it's, it's crucial, but the UK is no different to anywhere else. The, the best advice I can give is go and speak to whoever your software provider is or cloud provider is or whoever your accountant or um, consultant or anyone that yeah. is and, and make sure because they should know in terms of where exactly you stand yeah. and best route forward. Yeah. And is there any particular good practice that you see in other parts of the world that we could learn from? Very good question. Uh, I, I think in terms of keeping your information safe and on the security angle and maybe just don't be too cavalier or always just make a conscious decision to log out if you were to go on um if i was to go on um david's phone right now and i was to go into my internet banking i'd be sure to log out i'd make a conscious effort because i don't trust david um <laughs> but the same the same for any software right um so that, that's just crucial I, I think if you can just maintain uh, every market's learning so new zealand's had cloud maybe a little bit longer, maybe on the farming side a few years longer, um, but the consistent messages are the same. Um, the, the important piece is just making sure you as the user log out, password security. And what about in terms of cloud adoption in New Zealand? Do you think that, because New Zealand's had cloud quite yeah. a bit longer than we have in the UK, do you see that, I guess it's a different conversation over there or is it the adoption's gone quite well? Yeah, it has. For, for whatever reason, a lot of these companies, a lot of the companies in our ecosystem seem to come from New Zealand. Yeah. Which is a patriotic New Zealander. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, I think the reason behind that, on a side note, is I think they have to think globally. The New Zealand market's so small. So a lot of them started early, so they've, they've probably gone through a lot of the teeth-pulling exercises before the UK's had to, so you're welcome. Um, but cloud adoption is has just become the norm. And I, I think that's consistent with every country that you'd compare yourself mm. to or would want to compare yourself yeah. to. In those markets, it's less, what is the cloud? It's more... What's the next thing? The same as the internet might have been yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. I, I suppose a lot of it here is, is still actually fear of the unknown. It's something that a lot of people, or, or the majority, haven't sort of made that step to go on to yet. And, and when they make that step, they'll realise that actually it's not as scary as they thought it was going to be. Yeah. These things are designed to be, well, one, to look pretty, mm-hmm. <laughs> but two, to be sort of quite intuitive and, and easy to use and, and quite easy to pick up probably more so than the old desktop software that you would have used. So I think a lot of people would be quite pleasantly surprised at how easy it is to sort of pick things up, especially if they're working with an advisor of of some capacity. What do you think have been the biggest challenges for cloud-based software developers in the past? With a a non-technical hat on um, for myself. So I think the the biggest challenges initially is that maybe with a a desktop solution, you've had an all-singing, all-dancing tool that did everything, it may be that you only used 20% of it and somebody else used a different 20% of it and, you know, different different farmers or um, whoever you are. I think that the cloud, the route to cloud, and this is um, same as any business, is that you sort of start off small and then add to it. In a, in a figured context, for example, if I, was, if I log in next week, there'll be some other new feature in there that allows yeah. me to do something 10 times quicker and it's a whole lot easier to do. And it takes a lot of learning to be able to produce yeah. that. Um, so when, when you look towards a cloud provider, I would have a look at a little bit at their, their track record um, because it does yeah. take time to build that in. And I think the successful ones you'll, you'll hear about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a shift away from desktop and that. One, one of the really hard things, and, and, um, and I, I don't envy anyone who has to do this, is moving a, moving a software from a desktop solution to the cloud. <laughs> Yeah, that's really hard. 
Um, yeah. we're, we're lucky enough, we've only ever been cloud. I, I think I'm yeah, sure zero is the same. same. Yeah. I, I don't envy any company that's going to move from desktop to cloud. That's really difficult. You can sort of go through a bit of a, a hybrid system. Mm. Just because you've got wheels on a boat doesn't make it a car. Yeah. I, I don't envy anyone doing that because yeah. you, you're never going to quite get what you had on a desktop solution. It'll take yeah. time to get there. So. Yeah, and it'll be a bit clunky for the transition. Yeah. And, and they tend not to have as strong an API for other things to sort of patch into yeah. as well. It can be a bit of a stumbling block. It's, yeah. it's difficult to... You're basically changing the infrastructure completely. Yeah. I think the and just on the API thing, the, what it really allows is for people to stick to the knitting and do what they do well. Um, we're never going to be able to build an accounting platform the same yeah. as Zero can, um, you know, for thousands of reasons. All we do is agri. There's yeah. another company. All they do is rest homes or hairdressers yeah. or whatever else. Just stick to your knitting, do it yeah. really, really well, and then yeah. work with the people who have built out a, a successful tool. So yeah. it just means you don't have to become sort of a bit stretched or too generous. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So you've both been working with businesses in Scotland. Mm -hmm. In terms of how well equipped we are in infrastructure terms to implement mm -hmm. cloud-based technologies, what challenges do you see us having? I think it's a lot better than it used to be, certainly. Um, I think there's still a bit of a way to go. Obviously, the government are still working on the rollout of, of broadband. Was it 2022 now, I think they're saying that? 95% of homes in Scotland should have decent internet but there are ways around that so you've got your satellite broadband you've got your mobile broadband and those things are getting really really strong now it's a really good market to be in so there's you know if you don't have a good um, internet connection at home there's generally a way around that of using the satellite or or um, your, your mobile broadband and certainly again back to the Hebrides when I was there across the outer Hebrides now they've probably got better signal than I had in Edinburgh, actually. They, you know, they've got either, if, if they don't have internet, they've got a brilliant phone signal, and if they don't have a brilliant phone signal, they've got really strong broadband, so it actually works really well out there. Um, and I think that'll start coming a bit more to the rural sort of mainland areas as well. You can get unlimited 4G data packages now for less than £30 yeah. pounds a month. Yeah, and really. for some rural areas, it only helps if you have at least one provider with yeah. a good 4G signal and not everybody does but there are a lot of places where the, the broadband infrastructure is woeful but there's a good 4G and, yeah. it's, and it, it, it's, I mean, it's a huge difference yeah. in these areas. And then you've got 5G coming next which is just going to be ridiculous when that starts getting rolled out as well uh, and once that comes there will be a lot of people that probably won't even bother with internet I don't know yeah. I mean the 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 speed that 5g is supposed to be I've not experienced it myself yet but it's it's looking like it's going to be amazing so yeah absolutely I think um sort of our learnings and experiences from other market I think Scotland's probably in the same boat as anywhere else so if you're comparing to New Zealand or Australia or the US or it really does come down to that internet connectivity. Yeah. Um, the uh, to David's point as well. Um, so so essentially, the better your five G or better your signal gets in your phone, it will be a few people who actually leapfrog having fiber or installed to the door because the yeah. same thing. Every couple of years, this stuff gets so much more powerful. Yeah. Especially if you just I think there's a real misdemeanor around farmers not using technology as well. Like if you look at smartphone use around around farmers, I'd say proportionally very high. Yeah. I know. New Zealand context, farmers all like to ring, so they all used to go on the plans where they could get the big plans. They were given smartphones, so they're early adopters. Mm. If you look at what's actually been measured on farm in terms of data or connectivity, so if you're doing anything with any machinery or you've got a milking parlour yeah. or you're 
scanning tags or anything even remotely like that, that's sitting somewhere. And yeah. The better the internet gets, or even to a certain yeah. extent, the more you can leverage that, it's yeah. much more powerful. And that's the other thing is you don't actually need the strongest internet connection to use a lot of this stuff on the cloud. It's all designed to run on not the bare minimum, but minimal connection speeds. So you don't need necessarily 4G or you know the fastest internet connection that's out there. You can get by using it. It might be a little bit slower than normal, but you can still use it and it'll still be quicker than your old way of working. And your computer potentially becomes less critical because Absolutely. you've got something installed yeah. on it. You just need a computer yeah. which is capable of operating the internet. Yeah. Um, but, but presumably sufficiently modern and up-to-date to have the most up-to-date version of Windows and the, the, yeah. the security benefits that that brings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you, for a computer, it doesn't matter if it's a laptop or a desktop or your, your family computer or, or anything like that. If, if the computer's running slow, it's less important and if the internet's working all right. Um, but yeah, we, we, we suggest, and same with anything, um, kids' homework or anything, I'm sure, the better the computer, as they might tell you, yeah. is more useful for working <laughs> these systems. But... Again, like, you know, figure and zero are largely output-driven. A lot of the hard work with bank feeds and everything happens overnight, yeah. right? So when you log in, you might just be looking at a report or a yeah. output. Or it's not like watching a YouTube video in yeah. terms of bandwidth. Yeah, yeah. And you're not relying on your computer doing all that yeah. heavy lifting. It's all done on our servers and in the background. So, mm. yeah. It means that you don't have to spend an absolute fortune on hardware just to run that bit of software anymore. So farmers would be unique, though, in, in some of these challenges around the cloud. You'll both work with professionals regularly. You know, farmers aren't behind the times with this. No. The, the, the world is, is having to adapt to cloud. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, I think farmers are probably just the average of society in terms yeah. of embracing this technology. I think um, historically they probably were underserved a little bit, mm. maybe put to one side, just because those connectivity issues were probably more... Um, enhance what they are at the moment yeah. um, but I think farmers have as good an opportunity and facing the same challenges as any other business out there you know uncertainty and plan for that uncertainty yeah. the, 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 the big overlay factor in you know the businesses like ours and any other sort of business that's a sort of a SaaS based or cloud based model is that it's software that maybe was again maybe the one the domain of large organisations mm-hmm. our model is built on the fact that it can be accessed at a sort of individual farm yeah. level um, and that's where the real power comes from. Yeah, um, but it's the same same challenges as any other business. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And is there anything that we could be learning from other professions? Then are there other um, professions? The accounting profession, for instance, is how they're adapting different to how perhaps agriculture is. What could we learn? Um, I'm not sure that's so much other professions. I would say it's it's more about learning from the early adopters, the people that have been using it for that sort of ten or twelve years. So find those advisors that have sort of jumped onto cloud early because they've experienced it from when it was in its infancy to where it is now and they'll know the nuances of it a lot better than anybody else and they'll be able to support you a lot better on it. So I would say that it's more about that. I don't think there's a particular industry that sort of, you know, industry-wide went on cloud before anybody else did. So yeah, it's it's more about just finding, you know, that there are, for example, accountants out there that only became an accountant because the cloud became a thing and, and they're digital only accountants. Um, and if you're really wanting support and looking at, I suppose, outside of just basic accounting, I want 
somebody that can help me with reporting, advice, other things, they tend to be a bit stronger in that because they know what they can do with the cloud and, and what opportunities are out there. So I would say it's more about finding those early adopters rather than looking at a particular industry. One of the beauties of the cloud is that you can go and kick the tyres on things. Yeah. You're not paying for somebody to come in to your home office and set everything up and you're beholden to it. You can try different yeah. systems, you can try different advisors, you can try yeah. you know, how you want to work and you know, it's, you yeah. just, you're working to a monthly basis in a lot of cases. Yeah. So you can just try things. So yeah. there'll be, I'm sure if you go on Google or anything else, you'll see that there'll be a few that named out and, or in any industry would be the same. Yeah. So just, just learn from um, maybe having a bit of a play. What do you think about the direction of travel in cloud-based tech? Where, where do you think this might go? In a, I think generally, I think we're very, very early days yeah. still, even though we're quite far in. So we're, we're, we're well into cloud adoption or cloud businesses everywhere. I think um, the power of the cloud, we're, we're early, early, early within that. So I think we'll be surprised in, in a few years' time there'll be yeah. something we hadn't even thought about can be delivered through cloud and make our lives mm-hmm. hopefully a lot easier. Yeah. Again, access to those tools that maybe we weren't originally accessible. Um, in, a, in a farming-specific context, agriculture is actually really well-served in data, more so than any other information, particularly, but quite often at an aggregate level. Yeah. So if there's a power of the cloud that you can actually maybe get some insights on, yeah. you might be producing a whole lot of information but not getting a lot back for it. Yeah. So the cloud hopefully can deliver to your farm some specific insights. Um, I think that's really powerful. Particularly, again, in my mind, in all these conversations, the overriding thing is uncertainty going forward. If you've got more insights based on the cloud, um, for want of a better word, um, you can plan for them a whole, a whole lot better. Yeah. But yeah, for farming context, farming's well served in terms of data, so making use of that yeah. in the cloud. It's about pulling all that data together, yeah. right? Because yeah. there's a lot of data and it's well served, but it's all sort of siloed yeah. all over the place. So being able to use the cloud to sort of join all that up and have one... I guess what we call is one source of truth yeah. where you can pull all that data together and make your decisions based on it all without having to jump between each silo yeah. I think that will be quite powerful for and, farmers going forward and again just uh, to reiterate for that it's completely um, the farm's permission around yeah. what information gets shared where they can yeah. cancel at any time call back it's completely up to the, your, your decision in terms of how and where you share the information yeah. but the optionality yeah, is exactly. more there and you see that with um open banking that's happening now where the banks are having to open up APIs and, and share information so you're already seeing apps sort of crop up this year that you can put all your credit cards all your bank accounts from different providers on one app and see mm-hmm. what's going on with your spending and sort of consolidate everything that's going on and I can see that sort of happening with all the different sort of bits of data that farms might have about that particular farm yeah exactly to, to exactly that point Figured works with Zero from an accounting platform, and then we integrate with other systems around the world, whether it's connected to your tractor or um, your milk bar or anything like that. So it's trying to make sense of some of yeah. that information, um, if you wish to. And and these changes can happen quite quickly because mm-hmm. I mean, y- y- you guys are <laughs> from organisations who spot an opportunity if there is a market demand for something. It's amazing how quickly you can, you know, add add another function, add another report, add another thing. So, so the cloud will oh, hugely, yeah, yeah. Hugely. yeah. Um, I mean, even if you look at the whole, when I was at university, for companies like Figured and Zero, or um, were really the infancy. You think eight years ago, ten years ago, was there a Facebook? Was there a Amazon? Was there yeah. anything else under the sun? Um, so the companies 
I guess we've spotted an opportunity to, to better serve. Um, but comes with, with that comes development. Um, I guess the beauty of the cloud is that you're not waiting for you know, six months' time with a new release for your XYZ new system comes out, you can go and install it. Things are just constantly changing, yeah. which is probably in line with how a business operates, right? Yeah. So businesses are constantly evolving, software should be too. You shouldn't be playing catch-up. Or, yeah. I mean, we'll probably be surprised how quickly some of this stuff works. It moves yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's only going to accelerate. Mm. Um, and two years ago at Zerocom, we had a, a futurist, I can't remember his name now, but he was talking about how the next 30 years, basically through technology, the world is going to be unrecognisable. There's going to be a lot more change in the next 30 years than there's been in the past 200 because technology is going mm. to allow that. Putting a, a farming hat on, that, that shouldn't mean things are more complex. No. It, it should make your life a lot easier. Yeah. A lot of this work can be picked up. Yeah. By computers, so instead of you sitting down and putting a line across numbers and everything, um, this should be a lot more complex yeah. and a lot more simple. One, one of our, and I'm sure a lot of software challenge, uh, companies' biggest challenges, trying to make things more powerful while yeah. also making it simpler um, to make it far more accessible for everybody. So it's you get more, hopefully, doing less yeah. long term. Which yeah, I mean, how much easier would it be if every time you sell cattle, for mm. example, the the body that you're selling that through just updates all your exactly. figures and that all feeds through your finances and or if, if it's dairy for example you put through your milk the the milk producer um, and that all updates your figures yeah. without you having to be like given the information and then manually punching that in somewhere else yeah. i mean that's a, it's great it's a that's a dog of a job that no one yeah. wants to do right so if a computer can do that it means you can spend more time farming or yeah any kind of yeah, it takes out the replication, oh, yeah. the replication of yeah. effort. And, and if, if there's one thing that we've seen over the last 10, 20, 30 years is that one one farmer has a lot more work to do to make a living. Yeah. You know, we are constantly looking for ways to save time yeah. so, that, so that the farmer is concentrating on the things that really need their attention yeah. and less of the peripheral stuff because yeah. there just isn't the money no, there yeah. for them to spend a lot of time sitting yeah. in the office doing mm-hmm. peripheral stuff. I mean, at the moment, a farmer is expected to be a, a vet, a mechanic, a yeah. book, you know, bookkeeper. Expected yeah. to be about ten, we have ten different hats. So, yeah. if cloud computing and, and, and if that can pick up some of the slack and some of the things where your time's better served not doing that, that's the beauty of it, right? You can yeah. actually concentrate on working on the business yeah. rather than in it yeah. which can be really difficult sometimes yeah absolutely um, so if you can sort of leverage the cloud and make it work for you it means you can make you know slightly more executive decisions yeah which is a bit more, it's more interesting yeah so we've got this far without really mentioning Brexit <laughs> um, but it's not going away do you think that will have an impact on your own particular area an opportunity a challenge I don't see it having a, a huge effect on zero itself I think there's going to be massive ramifications across every industry in the UK, obviously, that kind of goes without saying. But, I mean, the market that we're in serves accountants and businesses. And no matter what the economy looks like or, or what, you know, who's deciding on subsidies or who's deciding on regulation, we're kind of set aside from that because of the market that we serve. It doesn't affect us too much. I guess the important thing for us is the the ethos that we have of supporting the small business community in the UK is that we want to be able to support those businesses through the tough times so that they can survive longer than they maybe otherwise would. 
Um, and obviously there's going to be a lot of businesses that are going to struggle with, with the uncertainty that Brexit's throwing up. So if we can give people a better handle on their finances at any given time so that they can make more informed and better decisions and they can prepare for sort of leaner times that can see them through, then I think we'll have done a good job with it, I guess. That's that's what we're here for at the end of the day. It's really, um, as, a, as an outsider, I live in the UK, but as an outsider looking in, it's, it's been really interesting. I sort of arrived in the UK a month after Brexit was voted for a few years ago now. Um, it's been it's been fascinating. Um, yeah, I think the, the overriding point there is uncertainty. Um, so coming from New Zealand context, I'm a little bit too young, but hearing the stories around what went on in New Zealand, maybe don't quite follow that, uh, that, that same cold turkey approach, which I don't think you're going to. So... The markets that we operate globally, and now the, the UK and Scotland specifically, is that we operate in all different types of trading environments, all different types of commodity fluctuations, so whether it's dairy price collapse or increase in New Zealand at the moment, droughts in Australia, what's going on in the US at the moment, um, it's planning for. I think what I'd, I'd really ask, start to ask questions of the people who should be helping you do that planning. All figures in Figures in Zero or any other software or any other thing else on the cloud is really a tool. Yeah. So, you know, we don't, we're not, ex- I'm not an expert in yeah. Scottish sheep husbandry, yeah. um, but hopefully we can help facilitate that with an advisor or someone you know who can mm-hmm. um, help you through all the expectations yeah. you have for some sort of plan, roughly yeah. what's going to happen. It's more about empowerment, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, unfortunately, or fortunately, an uncertainty is where we become quite useful yeah. as, a, as a product mm-hmm. or as a, as, a, as a software. But yeah, it's all around planning. If yeah. you can make, if, Got a crack as a plan as you yeah. can, you'd be better served. But yeah, interesting times. Plan for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. What final words of advice would you have for a farmer who is either wary of becoming more involved in the cloud or is looking for opportunities to become more involved in the cloud? I'd say just try it. Don't be afraid to just test it out. Most software in the cloud has a, a free trial period so play about with it um, speak to advisors get advice on what, what's going to work best for you um, make sure that you know who you want to have access to it um, and keep yourself as secure as possible get get a strong password make sure you've got multi-factor authentication once you've chosen you know what your vehicle is going to be and then just go with it you know make the most out of it that you can yeah, absolutely. I think if you, if you're wary, hey, I, th- I think again that the word cloud can be a bit of a, a bit of a red herring at times. It really is just maybe what you've got at the moment, almost in a more secure location. It's like locking your front door, right? Yeah. It, it, it sort of um, it sits with yourself. If, if you if you're wary, speak to those people who should be your trusted advisors. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, farming's a team sport. So your farming team. So speak to the people you think yeah. should you should be able to take advice on and question if they. They don't give you advice on it. Yeah. Um, around what you should be using, what are they hearing? Because they should have a pretty good grasp. It is a context sport. You know, you learn by doing. Conceptually, it is a little bit different to, I guess, our businesses are built yeah. for, and any other businesses built for the fact you can just try it. Yeah. You can go on and you can have a Google, and it'll be the same sort of whatever business you're in, be the same companies that sort of rise to the top. Thank you very much. Do you do you have anything else you'd like to add? It's fascinating for, for myself. So I spent a lot of time up here in Scotland and I've got Scottish roots way back. It, it's really interesting and I think an exciting time for Scottish agriculture. Again, there's the uncertainty, but I think with that there's a lot of opportunities. 
there's a lot of opportunities sort of driving down here through with David this morning and looking out the window and what's going on around diversification and some of the some of the um, systems I've seen. Again, for me, whether it's Figured um, or any other software, just look for something that allows you to make proactive decision yeah, making. Absolutely. Like, reactive decision, it's just so hard to, to plan yeah. if you're constantly looking back at the last 12 months. Yeah. Get to the point where you can get to now using whatever software or whatever thing you want in the cloud yeah. and plan. Um, and, and don't treat the cloud as a scary word. Speak yeah. to the people who should be able to advise you on that. So farming, you know, farming, you look to your advisors. Yeah. So get in touch with them. Yeah, I would, I would reiterate most of that and, and just l- look at the opportunity of, of what it's going to do for you. Make sure that you've got a good team around you that, that can help you with it. But take the opportunity to be able to actually start thinking about the future as opposed to always looking backward, which is where I guess we've been for the past sort of 20 years. I think we're at a turning point now in, in terms of cloud adoption where it's starting to pick up impetus and it's just going to open up a, a lot more opportunity for people to exploit what's available in the cloud. Thank you for listening to this Farm Advisory Service podcast. For more information, go to the website www.fas.scot.